Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash yesteryearsnews today. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial.com forward slash yesteryearsnews today. Hello and welcome to Yesteryears News Today. 30th of August, 1921. Airship explodes during test flight in Kingston. 49 souls lost. Bodies pulled from rivers in Berlin and Paris may be the work of a Jack the Ripper-style serial killer. And finally, new discovery that in the process of living, sales become exhausted. That was the news as it was this week in 1921, August the 30th. Which can mean only one thing. You're listening to yesterday's news today. Where the news is better late than never. I'm Shane. I'm Johnny. Ah, See, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's that's, just the way. That's a good intro. Yeah, yeah it's the back and forth. It can't. It just can't. You always get to. I your scoop ahead for yeah. Sorry. Well, it's not that you scoop ahead because we haven't been saying it, so it's hard yeah. to get in at the right time. And if so, we pr- and if we put that version up, nobody knows what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, we didn't a version without where I messed it up. So, um. <laughs> uh, so hey, uh, first things first. If you're listening, follow us at. Yesteryear's News Today on Facebook and YNT Podcast on Twitter if you have any queries, notes or corrections. Uh, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. You're listening to us on one of them, surely, but subscribe and rate and comment or something if you haven't already. And spread it around. We we need to be yeah. spread. Absolutely, yeah. Like a and virus. Word of mouth is the best thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also, uh, you can get a discount in Audible using... It is audibletrial.com forward slash YNT. Excellent. Or, yes, here is news today, depending on if we redo the ad <laughs> today or not. Oh, yeah. You can use either. YNT is easier. So. Yeah, yeah. So, welcome. It's 1921. As we didn't do last week in 1920, we forgot to go, it's a new decade or anything mm. like that. Um, so, here we are into 1921, which is I, fascinating. I've been thinking about that. Yeah. Does the decade start? What year does the decade start? This is going back to a conversation we had about... Go back to listen to episode one where we talked about... Which was 1901, and we were saying it was the new century. You reckoned it was... The, 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 or the century started in 1900, but it starts in 1901 because yeah. the first century would be year one. Yeah, not year zero. zero. Yeah. Yeah. So the first decade, the first ever decade didn't start at year zero either. It started at 11? It started at okay. year one. So if a decade's 10 years, it ends at the year 10. So that means the next decade started at the year 11. Yeah, not 10. Yeah. Yeah. So it wouldn't have ended at 9, it would have ended at 20. Yeah. So the next decade started at 21, 21. meaning this 1921 is the, is the first. Yeah, so we're actually, this is the first episode. By yeah. that logic that we use with millennium and with century. We should carry it through. Yeah. So, welcome to the new decade. Last week wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Last week was the end of the uh, yeah, yeah. of the teens. Of so we shouldn't day. have actually taken our break at, after 19. We should have taken it after 20. Yeah, but we did. Um, <laughs> but I'm not sure. Like, I don't know if it counts for that. Because I, I think like a decade, I think a decade actually it is 10 years. But I think a decade actually marks the calendar yeah. 10 year and not the actual a numbered 10 years. No, no, exactly. Um, so the first, the year 1 to 10 wasn't actually called a decade like it wasn't no, no. until they established it was 10 that, to 20 was yeah. the first decade really yeah probably you know but we're f- but because it's a callback to the first episode uh, we're yeah, gonna, we have to reference it. <laughs> yeah and we're gonna call it this and be annoying um well do you want to go, go right into stuff there's someone listening that just pulling their hair out going that's not how it works yeah R- tweet us <laughs> the, um yeah the, i'll also probably let people know if they if I don't think there's anybody looking for the Chaplin episode, but just if you are, we took it down because it wasn't it, working. Yeah. Uh, we did a commentary of an old Chaplin movie and um, it was kind of boring and didn't really work. Yeah. And it actually affected our listenership. So yeah, we took it down. It's going to remain a lost episode until, yeah, it wasn't a norm- numbered episode. anyway. it was just a random mm. special we did. So yeah, it'll be, we'll put it out there somewhere. Just yeah. it, it breaks up. It, it just having it in the middle of all our actual episodes. It kind of broke it up, and yeah, we got it, seemed, wor- it seemed to be confusing people. We dropped and downloaded. Yeah. Um. Well, like I, I, I want to do this for like have more segments on the show. So yeah, 
like we have a recurring thing now if we don't find one that works every week i wouldn't force it like we had a re- reoccurring thing for was it a uh, two episodes with your man's diary yeah, <laughs> yeah. because it was a year later <laughs> but i'd like to in the early stages of each episode anyway like start with a born this week oh yeah because there'll like lost be somebody if they're of no interest that you know never force it like but I have one to start off with. We've done it before, but like to try and make it a regular thing. Uh, born this week on August 27th. He died in Sept- on September 5th, 1998. But he's born August 27th in 1921. Was Leo Z. Penn. Or Z. Penn. Yeah. Uh, he's an American actor and director. Are you familiar with him at all? No. I wasn't. But I would say anybody born before like 1993 has seen his work he yeah he was a actor director he um supported the hollywood train unions and refused to to like help out the house of un-american activities to point out communists oh yeah yeah. all that so he was blacklisted and paramount actually refused to renew his contract he was contracted with them at the time and as a result of that he wasn't allowed to work as an actor anymore wow uh, or in, uh, in movies, but he found work in television, and yeah. then because it was Screen Actors Guild, yeah, not yeah. Actors Guild, yeah, yeah. And then he got, um, well, I think it was just at the time TV was so new, I think it just wasn't covered. Yeah, yeah, like so he got like regular work on CBS. I don't know who the tip came by, but apparently he was with some political group, and he had addressed them at some talk. Oh, right, CBS okay. heard this, they outed him. So then he was barred from acting in TV and film. So he became a director. Uh-huh. They really like did kind of destroy his career for a while because he was doing like as an actor he had he done loads of theater work. Yeah, and actually, just to go back, maybe people listening who didn't know what the House of Un-American Activities, communist witch hunts that was happening Basically, in yeah. the forties and fifties. There's a movie coming out about yeah, actually. With, Chaplin got involved in the movie. I know. With um, we shouldn't mention Chaplin again. I know. I the uh what do you call him brian cranston's uh made a film about what's his name the guy that wrote spartacus oh he was blacklisted and yeah walter white's playing him oh right cool. should be good but yeah we, like we'll get to we'll get there that when it actually becomes it's far too we're far too early in the oh, century like 20 to, years away from yeah. it <laughs> But yeah, and it, so like they, they really stopped his career in its tracks. Like, so he'd won like um, the Theatre World Award in like '54 and all this. Like, he would have would have been a bigger actor than he ever was. But he could still direct, and he actually ended up uh, being able to put himself into a lot of the stuff he'd direct. Oh, uh, okay. I just want to give you a list of like stuff he directed, and this is all like some of them is one or two episodes, most of them is like ten episodes or at least five. Yeah. So he directed Matlock, Bonanza, Diagnosis, Murder, I Spy, The Defenders, The Untouchables, In the Heat of the Night, Magnum PI, Fame, Saint Elsewhere, Tales of the Unexpected, Kojak, Mrs. Columbo, which ran for two seasons. I didn't even know that it was <laughs> really? a spin-off of Columbo, obviously. Starkey and Hutch, Little House in the Prairie. Also, this isn't an order. Some of these are from oh, yeah, the forties. Yeah. Some are from late fifties. Gunsmoke, The Fugitive, Lost in Space, Hawaii Five O, The Alfred Hitchcock Hour, a bunch of other stuff. Like yeah, so ev- he directed all the TV we grew up watching, yeah. <laughs> and he even he directed an episode of Star Trek. In 1966, yeah. the enemy were in the one with the oh, yeah. good and evil Captain Kirk. Yeah, yeah. So wow. like, he's worth mentioning. Just a little. Yeah, yeah. He's all. He was also um, fought in World War Two and stuff. Um, and I don't know. I mean, maybe if you Google him, you'll 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 know this fact as soon as you Google him that he was the father of Sean and Chris Penn as well. I was just gonna ask you that when you said it. And Michael Penn, which everybody like always forgets about poor poor Michael Penn. Oh yeah, I don't even know who Michael Penn is. I just no. know he's another. He's a musician apparently, but he's the other. But when you said Penn, the first thing I was going to ask you is that is that Sean Penn's dad or something? Mm. <laughs> and then I decided to restrain and let you talk. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you. But because yeah. it's uh, you know, he he worked on Star Trek. Uh, I want to give give an honourable mention to a birth that was actually last week. Can, oh yeah, Gene Roddenberry. Oh yeah, born August nineteenth, nineteen twenty one. Ah, so we don't need to talk about him. It wasn't this week. It doesn't no, no. count, but honorable right. mention. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, There's a great documentary about him made at the moment, which is called um, Chaos on the Bridge, and it's uh, William Shatner uh, directed it, and it's, it's just him going interviewing loads of the writers and all this stuff, and it's talking about the first kind of three seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation, when it was first aired, and just uh, kind of the trouble with uh, Gene Roddenberry and stuff, and I, like, he was just almost too passionate about the project, and yeah. just had all these mad ideas, and... It was just him kind of trying to hold on to power that he didn't really have and all this. It's really interesting. It's absolutely right. amazing documentary. You can buy it on Vimeo or rent it on Vimeo at the moment. Um, I'm sure it'll be on Netflix in about six months. Um, but yeah, really good case on the bridge. It's all about Gene Rodney. Cool. Throw it in there. Put a, a link or something up anyway. Yeah, definitely. To the Vimeo. I think it's an independent film like to, or something. If Yeah. I just I know a couple of the other William Shatner ones he's done are on Netflix, so I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if it comes out yeah, on Netflix yeah. as well. Um, I also just want to call back to something. Uh, well, released this week was a film called. Now I'm not sure about the pronunciation of this because I think it's, I guess it's a play, the place where it's set, and I didn't really want to do too much research on this, but the Gonzalez mystery or gonzalez mystery gonzalez sorry gonzalez not the name gonzalez oh, okay, no that's yeah, what it yeah. sounds like yeah um no it's spelled like g-u-n-s-a-u-l-u-s oh, okay so i don't really know but that was released this week in 1921 it was a race film which was a genre of films made like around between 1915 and the 50s that was just aimed at an all-black audience a lot of them had all-black actors and stuff oh, okay right it was written actually by a guy, uh, Oscar Michaud, who like produced like 40 films plus, and he ran the Michaud Book and Film Company. He was actually the first African-American feature filmmaker. Wow. And probably like the most successful for the first half of the 20th century anyway. Yeah, yeah. But why I want to mention this, that it was a silent film based on the murder of Mary Fagan. So, and, and the yeah. subsequent trial of Leo Frank. Do you remember that we we covered that story in whatever year? Like, oh, I good a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, for anybody not familiar, he um. Oh, is this the? It was the newspaper or the pencil the, factory? Or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. She yeah, was murdered. Uh, Leo Frank owned a pencil factory, and this girl Mary Fagan was murdered there. And we'll go back and listen to the episode. It's a really interesting case. Yeah. A lot of just racism involved and. Yeah, Frank was Jewish as well, so it was a whole. <laughs> it was just people being <laughs> being dicks, yeah, and not liking anybody. But oh, sorry, yeah, actually, I think it's not Gonzalez, but I'm just going to say it that way for easiness. I think that's actually the character's name in this. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, so th- this film was based on that. Go back and listen to that episode, or just read up on it, whatever. But. I would think at this point anybody who listened to this episode has listened to other ones. Yeah. But this is the plot to this version. I'm so sure I'm sure it'll be in the description if you go through our episodes anyway. If you're yeah, yeah. we'd link it on the description yeah. of this one. The bod- This is the description of this film. The body of Marital Gonzalez, a young African-American girl, which already that's different. She wasn't... Mary oh, yeah. Fagan was a white girl, yeah. uh, is discovered in the basement of a New York factory. Arthur Gilpin, the African-American janitor who discovered the body, is arrested and charged with her murder. Arthur's sister contacts her boyfriend, the attorney, Sidney White, to defend Gilpin in court. During the trial, White redirects attention for the murder away from Gilpin to Anthony Brisbane, a white man with a history of sexual deviancy. Gilpin is exonerated while Brisbane is revealed as Myrtle Gonzalez's killer. Uh-huh. So all that kind of follows what happened in the trial of Leo Frank. Only they changed the characters a little bit. Yeah. They changed the girl to be the victim to be black. Yeah. But <laughs> from things I've seen, like now it's a lost film. There's no print in existence, so it's hard yeah. to tell exactly how the film played out. But it seems to be quite biased because, like Leo Frank, seems to have been innocent, <laughs> yeah. and he was actually convicted, possibly convicted of a crime he didn't commit. He was, he's yeah. been like he was uh, what's it called? Pardoned like a yeah, hundred yeah. years after his death, and yeah, he was actually. He wasn't put to death or anything, but a mob kidnapped him from his cell and lynched him. Oh, right. Okay. You know this. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, the whole thing was that the black janitor claimed to help 
Frank hide the body and oh, hide yeah. me, like, or evidence or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it seems like that guy actually did do the deed, maybe, and blamed on Leo Frank or somebody else yeah, done yeah. it completely. They definitely like the courts went after Leo Frank because he was yeah. Jewish, <laughs> like more a slightly public figure and stuff. Wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. But in this film, it's the character based on Leo Frank isn't Jewish; he's just white, yeah. and it's about them trying to frame it they're framing it on a black guy and it's about getting justice so it's a very different story loosely based on the idea i suppose yeah (laughs) but it seems like but it's weird because he remade the film in 1935 michelle called murder in harlem now i actually watched some of this this morning yeah. And this is the plot description from IMDb to give you an idea of this version. A black night watchman at a chemical factory finds the body of a murdered white woman. So he's changed yeah. into white this time. After he reports it, he finds himself accused of murder. Uh, and a different plot description from the like time is an African-American man is framed from the murder of a white woman, but a white man is found to be responsible. And this one's actually like this... <laughs> This is actually, even though it's like 1935, it's still actually just a crap movie. Like, <laughs> oh, right, okay. To try to do some interesting things, like it's framed as a detective story, and so it's told out of order, oh, which right, is okay. really interesting for the time. It just seems to be produced really badly. Oh, right, okay. Um, and I guess it's not as biased because it, there's sort of a way around it, is it introduces like different voices and conflicting accounts of what happened. Oh, so really? there's not as much of a mind made up but it still has that same tone that like remember can you remember when we done that story that found letters at the scene that were written oh yeah, like they were yeah. by somebody who couldn't read or write properly yeah. and the idea was that somebody wrote them to try and sound like what a african-american of the time would write like yeah, yeah. what's really good there's a scene in this where it actually has the leo frank based character getting the janitor to write a letter oh, and right. the janitor's like but sir you you were He's telling him how to spell certain words, and the janitor's just like, "But no, that's not how you spell it." Like, oh, yeah. and like so, and he he knows that this Leo oh, Frank's up to something. Right better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but he still doesn't know what. It's a weird. It's a really. Yeah, that's actually a good scene. Maybe I'm being harsh in saying it's bad, but it does seem like they definitely take the side. Like the director taught Leo Frank this. They're just changing the names at this point, but the yeah, film yeah. is made exactly like what happened. What happened. Yeah, yeah. But very much ignoring that the fact that there was a disliking towards the Jewish community and that Leo Frank oh, was Jewish. Okay, yeah, yeah. They're really playing it out that, it's, that he's part, that they're making the Leo yeah. Frank based character out to be one of the white bad guys. Yeah. As opposed to, in the real version, he seems to have been a victim the same way the African American characters were victims. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they were kind of thrown in the same boat. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mad. <laughs> they're, like, they're, they're ignoring the, the anti Semitism fact of it yeah that there was there because well it's they're trying to concentrate on the kind of the the other side but they're trying to look on the but they're ignoring american possibly the biggest part of the story too though like yeah yeah, yeah. he was pretty much seems to have been convicted because he was jewish and was taken out and lynched (laughs) like (laughs) um lovely like he got the worst deal of everybody in that story and then there's a film where he's portrayed as being one of the villains, like this. yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not defending it. Yeah. I'm just saying. Now, at the I time, can... to be fair, this is a, that's all. That is all stuff that came out years later. Like he wasn't so exonerated. At the time, yeah, at the time all it means that at the time, the people making this film were falling for the exact same propaganda. Propaganda and, that yeah. was that their own people were victims of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they, all, all it means is they're actually doing the exact same thing as the bad people in their film yeah <laughs> it's kind of saying see those two bad things you're doing one of them is really wrong <laughs> <laughs> it's kinda, yeah it's uh because it relates to me but Ex- yeah yeah exactly it. yeah gotcha but um oscar michelle himself like he's I, I, maybe we can do talk more about him like look up other films we'll try and work yeah. him into it more because i mean he seems like you know a really interesting character yeah. at the time even like the whole the race film genre like that existed yeah, then. Yeah, I'd never even heard of that. I didn't. I didn't know there was a name on it. I knew there was like no, no, films yeah, made, but yeah, I didn't know that there was like the, it was a movement. No. I definitely I didn't know that there was any African American filmmaker that had his own like ed, like the Edison Company with the Michelle Book and Film Company. Apparently, it didn't last long. 
and like 40 films is loads but for the time like other companies were making oh, yeah. 240 <laughs> yeah, yeah but still like as, as we've said before the movie industry back then was like the equivalent of the porn industry now yeah yeah <laughs> it's like, you're like how many movies do you make this week oh 65 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's kind of thing and what do you have i do have more but it seems like time to go to you but they're new segments anyway i'd like to do like a, yeah, a yeah okay yeah. bird of the week and a film of the week or a book of the yeah, week or something yeah no, no that's a good idea definitely um and if you have an idea yeah. write to us on uh the twitters and all that kind of stuff yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i love saying that thing. um yeah no mine is on the 24th of august 1921 there is the or38 which is a class of airship we did an airship crash um, I did one. Uh, I looked it up this morning. I think it was. Was it the R one hundred one we done? Yes, that's the R one hundred one, which was the one that uh, landed softly, but then it ignited and when a lot of people were killed. Uh, the R thirty eight is a very different aircraft. It was built by uh, the British Royal Navy with the intention of it uh, for World War One. But it was still being built when the war came to an end. Yeah, peace yeah. treaties with Germany and all that kind of stuff were being signed and all that kind of thing. So they had actually planned it to be the first of four. There was going to be the or 38, 39, the 40 and the 41. But then once all the trees were all signed off, they went, okay, just finish this one. And then they ended up actually in the end, they ended up um, selling it to uh, the US Navy. Um, so, th- but its intended intended mission was the or thirty eight was intended for long range patrol over the North Sea, um, but once the war had ended, then they cancelled all that. So, in October of nineteen nineteen, the ship, which wasn't completed yet, was sold to the U.S. Navy, um, and then they continued working on it in England, but under their care. And that kind of thing. So basically, they were paying yeah. for it to be built, and then they were training. The English were training the American crew. On it, so it actually had a combined crew of American and uh, British Navy officers and soldiers and stuff, and not soldiers, uh, naval men. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so its maiden voyage was actually in on the twenty third of June in nineteen twenty one. Now this is basically the first test flight they did. They did a lot of test flights and that kind of stuff. Uh, the airship it was under the. Um, I suppose the commander, the watch of an officer named uh, J. E. M. Pritchard, and Pritchard was he was in charge of all the test flights and all that sort of thing. He requested that they do a hundred hours of test flights, and then do a further fifty hours with just the American crew. So hundred hours with the combined crew, hmm. testing and all that kind of stuff uh, before it would do a trip across the Atlantic. Um, but the Air Ministry who were at the time, uh, they decided that 50 hours in total was going to be enough. There's no need to do 150 hours flying. That's That was crazy. It would take too long and all kinds of stuff. So anyway, they went in for the first, 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 so it's this first flight in June, and they had called it, even though it was registered as the OR-38, the US Navy had put the serial on the side of it, which was the ZOR-2. Yeah. Which is what they called it. So the, its maiden voyage was a seven-hour flight where they just kind of flew around parts of England during their test areas and all that kind of stuff. They went out a little bit to the sea and all that and came back. Uh, but what they discovered was there was overbalancing issues with it um, and they had to reduce stuff on the, like the weight on the top rudder and all that stuff. So they, they had a lot of problems with it. Then on July 17th, they now adjusted all those kind of problems and they took it for another test flight the next day on the 18th. Or sorry, they took it on the 17th. Those problems were still there. So they brought it back, shaved a load of weight off the rudders, all this kind of stuff. And they brought it out again the next day on the 18th. They were flying uh, from Cardington in the UK there and they were going to go, but they had problems. They got it up to 58 miles per hour, but then they had problems with um, some of the controls and that kind of stuff. It was just kind of dragging too much in the wind and there was a lot of trouble with it. Uh, so more problems arose and they could only get it up to about 500 feet. And the craft was doing what was called hunting. It's just like engineering term for, uh, it was trying to find equilibrium. So it's like its weight just was, wouldn't settle, basically. It would kind of sway side to side and it just wouldn't find its middle balance and all this kind of thing. It just had loads of problems with it. Um, then during the, same, uh, during the same flight, several of the girders in the, uh, failed, like under the pressure, the weight of it, when it was going up against the wind and that kind of stuff. And then uh, some of the midship engines failed as well. 
So they brought him back down very safely under Pritchard's control. He was like a really experienced pilot yeah, and officer yeah. and stuff like that. He he personally flew it back then once all that had happened. And they returned it safely to uh, Howden. Um, and then on July 30th, they the girders had been replaced and reinforced. But there was loads of doubts that actually the design should just be scrapped and that it wasn't going to be work, wasn't going to work or any of this kind of stuff. So eventually, they spent the next couple of weeks working on it. And then there was a lot about whether they were going to do more tests on it. And they didn't. So instead, they just carried on working on it. And then finally, on the 23rd of August, they got to do, uh, which would be its fourth flight. They did a couple of things they needed to do during this test flight is they were heading up to Pullman in Norfolk. Because um, there was a mast where it could more, uh, they could moor the craft. It could be moored at this mast, which they yeah. didn't have. And they were going to test it that way and all this kind of but then there was local lying clouds and all this kind of stuff, so they couldn't even moor it. So they brought it out to sea for the night, and they were out at sea for, at night. And then the next morning, on the 24th, they decided they would do some speed trials. So they were trying it out, bringing up the speeds. They got up to 71.9 miles per hour, which was like a little over 100k. It's pretty fast. For an airship. Yeah, yeah. And they got it up to 2,500 feet. Um. And they were trying to push it beyond its limits yeah, to test yeah, it. Yeah. That was the whole point. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, it was too much for it. And at 5.37 in the evening, we're close to Hull, over the shores of Hull. Um, there was thousands of people out, like, we're all uh, watching them, doing all these maneuvers and test speeds and all this kind of stuff. The structure of it failed. So this is back to the girders and stuff that they'd already reinforced, but yeah, they obviously yeah. hadn't reinforced them enough. Um. And crowds described that they could see creases along the side of the ship and all this kind of stuff, that it was just uh, just crumpling. It just like crumpled like it was under a load of pressure. Then a fire started after an explosion in one of the sections and the engines and all because the whole thing was just collapsing. And both the ends of it drooped in. It fell then uh, down into the Humber estuary near Hull there. And so it was fire, explosion. The whole thing was just crumpling, collapsing. Couldn't sustain itself anymore. 16 of the 17 Americans on board were killed and 28 of the 32 British were killed. So there's only five people like survived it. And the only reason they all five of them were in the one section in the tail. So they were basically in the one part. And yeah. The only ones yeah. who lived. Um, they were just lucky. Uh, and then, uh, then over the next couple of months there's loads of inquiries as to what happened and all that kind of stuff. And then the conclusion of the inquiries was that the problem was with the system in which a single authority was responsible for both the airship's construction and for inspection of the work. So basically, people who were building were like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Instead of having like in a, another yeah, engineer come yeah. in and check stuff and test a things. Second and, opinion. And, 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 yeah, there was, yeah, there was no second opinions. Um, and that the design should have been subjected to more uh, thorough scrutiny. So basically, it was a terrible design. <laughs> Yeah, and they just kept pushing it and pushing it, and then there was nobody second guessing them or anything like that, and uh, that was the tragedy that happened on the twenty fourth. So that was uh, the headline I had there that I got was uh, or thirty eight class airship uh, explodes on her fourth test flight near uh, Kingston up on Hull, England, killing forty four of the forty nine Anglo American crew on board. Well, can I read you one thing? Because this yeah. is when I had something about this. Now, I didn't have any... I wasn't going to go into it because I just wasn't sure. We've talked about airships so much. Well, that's, that a, I didn't, that's why I thought I had to do it because I was like, oh, I'm yeah, but I just another airship design. Because the last... And last the, one I did was the OR-101, yeah. Yeah, and that was and like... And that related because there was a guy who survived that and then piloted another one. Wasn't it... Or is it wasn't it Pichard? Or, I think it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he had... He was the... Wasn't he the guy who parachuted down to direct the landing... Oh, no, sorry. The one I did, which was, it was landed in France. He was the pilot of that one, but he had been the assistant on the OR-101 when he we, jumped down. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. That was it. And that's, I just wanted to call back just that he was involved in that. Now, the only thing I have, this was just something that was from August 26th in the Ashburton Guardian. Just very quick, just to yeah, yeah, cool, cool. add to yours. The Washington correspondent of the New York Times reports that aviation experts agreed if helium instead of an inflammable gas had been used in the R-38, the accident would not have resulted in the destruction of the airship and such a loss of life. That's all it was. But just a recurring yeah, thing yeah. that every time we talk about an accident, back. Yeah, it's yeah. that like, <laughs> every accident is like, oh, well, if you're, if you're using helium instead of anything else, it would have been fine. Yeah, yeah. 
and they still never did. Like, still in 1938, when you have the hidden murk. It's the same reason. <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah. It's... The problem was, in Europe, getting their hands on helium was really expensive. Yeah. And it just didn't make sense for them at the time. Yeah, yeah. For, with the Hindenburg, it, of course, it was that the Americans were by cotton exporting to Germany as well. Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> They were allowing them to land their airship in New Jersey, but yeah. weren't exporting to them, which no. is just really weird. It's mental. Could which you... reminds me, actually, we must have a look at in uh, Malahide, in the Castle Grounds, there's anchors for airships. Oh, really? And I bet there's an expert out there who knows all about them. We must try and do a walking tour with We should them. do one airship episode and yes. then never talk about airships again. Yeah, because it keeps coming up. And Would I just thought I had to do it again. We have so much um, ideas for special episodes we'll do oh, that no, we yeah. can't possibly... I have something else. I, another, another segment I think we could do. Because yeah. these are always funny where we do adverts of the week. Oh, okay. we'll always find one of us will always find a funny ad yeah yeah because it's so funny at all newspapers uh, how yeah. I, I remember now I know we're in the 20s now so they're probably a bit better but I remember doing some around probably 1909 and it just didn't make any sense you're just reading these it was just like random words you're like yeah. what is this and it was like trying to sell a cabinet or something like it just it was it was real kind of like oh no there was the pants one yeah, it's like, yeah. Do you often need pants or something? Like it was crazy. So anyway, go what on. I love is how they're like snuck in and written as actual articles. Oh, the the sneaky ones. This is scientific fact. Sorry, scientific facts. Everyone should know. This is also from the Ashburton Guardian, but yeah. from the 29th of August. Scientific investigation has proved that in the process of living. <laughs> the cells of the body and particularly those of the nervous system become exhausted in certain definite proportions uh, according to the work a person does which okay, okay well yeah you can replace these worn out cells and tissues and nourish your nerves with a course of hen's tonic nerve nuts <laughs> a large box costs only three something three, it's 3s three that's not 3 cents is the is this an English paper? Uh, it's American. Okay, I was going to say is it shillings, but oh wait, no, actually, this is New Zealand. I think actually, uh, it's probably okay. shillings. Could be shillings. Would New Zealand have had shillings? Yeah, they've dollars now, but it could have yeah. been shillings then. They've NZ dollars, but yeah. But anyway, um, it's probably actually just the way it's printed. Yeah. Anyway, they probably didn't have a key on the typewriter for whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> and contains sufficient for twelve days. That's a weird. Uh, treatment. If you are threatened with nervous breakdown, start at once on a course of hen's tonic nerve nuts. Nerve nuts? <laughs> yeah, nerve nuts. <laughs> er, it's hen's tonic nerve nuts, but the famous producers of pure, rich blood and healthy nerve tissue. On all for 3D a day. 3D, $3. Dollars. Oh, okay, it, was, yeah. it looks like an S, it's just the way that, because it's a scanned newspaper. Yeah, yeah. There's more than one advert of the week this time around. Uh, this is from the Alexandra Herald. A blurred vision. If you do not see quite as clearly as you used to, don't adopt spectacles without having your eyes properly tested. <laughs> Which, okay, that's sound advice at least. That's good. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, this is a good, this ad at least is legit, but it's just the way it's written. It sounds like a personal ad. Um, harm me ensure. Let me examine them. I am a qualified optician, and I will supply you with the correct glasses required. Hugh Neal, sight testing optician, and then it's just his address. It's just, <laughs> isn't that like taken out like a personal ad? Yeah, yeah. And I'll finish off now. All women should be beautiful. The Auckland Star, 29th of August, 1921. A clear complexion, bright eyes, and rosy lips are the natural heritage of every woman. Dull eyes, sallow pimply muddy complexions and <laughs> pallid lips are purely the result of a condition called intoxima i don't even know if that's a real thing or poisoning by the absorption of fermenting waste in the body <laughs> okay <laughs> the poison violates the bloodstream resulting in the above embarrassing complaints and then it just goes on to talk about face creams, lip paints, enamel and cosmetics can only attempt to cover the defects. This is pretty much just a thing telling like, yeah, you're ugly because of a, a blood disease. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just horrendous. But do they have a cure? 
yeah yeah a good complexion comes from the inside remove the their made up illness i guess uh with coloseptic the drugless way strike at the source nature is then has enabled the, us to restore the complexion blah blah it's a natural remedy essentially they're advertising oh yeah but yeah i just love those ads do, do you know what will do that for you apple cider vinegar it's <laughs> <laughs> basically what they're selling yeah i just love uh, the first one's my favorite it's ba- basically they're telling you to take vitamin c yeah like in, in, in a way you know that, like that's our modern but uh, they're telling you it not that like oh taking certain vitamin will stop you will help your immune system they're telling you like it'll stop your body from breaking down and you'll die otherwise like oh uh, yeah yeah they're just making like, they almost say it like as if you'll stop aging yeah, yeah but yeah. they don't say it directly um but as far as actual stories of the week, I have a bit of a murder mystery I came across. Oh, I love a good murder. Well, no, it's not mystery. really actually a murder mystery. It was a mystery to me because I couldn't find... I found a bunch of articles about bodies being taken out of a river. Yeah. I just couldn't find any more information on them. Did on you eventually? I did a bit. Okay. We'll get to that. Well, I'll read first. Okay. Um, this is from the Normandy Star. 24th of august the daily express paris correspondent states that the police there are engaged on the reconstruction of a strange murder mystery an angler fished uh, apologies this is a really rough scan as well like there's loads of stuff blurred i'm i've kind of rubbed out words that just aren't readable but uh an angler fished out from the river um arms (laughs) (laughs) which had been cut from a body obviously and a day later another angler found two legs wow and finally the headless body of a young girl was found the portions were taken to the morgue for assembly so far there is no clue to the identity of the body by curious coincidence a similar series of jack the ripper crimes is reported from berlin where the bodies of two women were found in the river spree making a total of five discovered during the last few days. A butcher was arrested in the act of battering an aged woman to death while she was lying in bed, bound and gagged. The police later found evidence connecting this man with the other atrocities. Among the police discoveries were a trunk which had been used to carry away the bodies of the victims. Now, I said this man, they actually gave his name, but it's just, it was very hard to find if that was the right name or not. Crossman was the name they gave. But then another story I came across, this is still a mystery. This is a few days later, Auckland Star, 29th of August, still a mystery. The tragedy involved in the discovery of the limbs and trunk of a young woman in the river, sorry, in a river in Paris remain a mystery. Alexandrine Yvonne, whose mother, this is such a weird sentence, and Alexandrine Yvonne, whose mother identified them as her daughter, haven't reappeared safely. I think they're <laughs> saying that the mother identified them uh, as the daughter. the body as her daughter. But, but then, then the daughter reappeared safely and it's just cut out. Also then they're like, so we don't know who it yeah, is. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. The police are now concentrating on tracing a young bride who recently disappeared. And that's all I could find for ages until I figured out the name of the butcher that was arrested yeah yeah and his name's carl grossman or grossman yeah he's also he's german so it's spelled differently it's like it's spelled grobman yeah oh it's it's the um yeah it's still gro- it's grossman uh, but yeah i'm trying to it's the double s i'm trying to remember what it's called yeah i, yeah. I did german in school <laughs> i have like oh, yeah, two I, words I, german. Didn't, I didn't do german yeah. done french um yeah and then like you'll see it's spelled like george or jorg and stuff you know it's just yeah, yeah but because if you search carol grossman you just get like all these living people and journalists and stuff you actually have to sell it you yeah. just have to search it with the double s um and then because i just when i was looking as well like i kept concentrating on paris where i should have been focusing on berlin where the yeah. butcher was actually arrested and where the other bodies were found but yeah so well just yeah carol frederick Grossman um, was serial killer. <laughs> Another serial, serial killer. killer. That's the short of it. And so he probably did do this. 
um, there's no because I couldn't find any articles relating to what happened after this yeah, guy's yeah. arrest. There's no trial or yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was when you actually go in looking at him. So yeah, like to start start with, there's not a lot known about him to begin with, other than he had a couple of pre-existing arrests for child molestation so oh, two weeks in a row we get landed with welcome that welcome to his news today <laughs> but thankfully well not thankfully but thankfully for us that is seems to be very early in his life and once he starts killing he sticks with just killing yeah um he was also he was a butcher when you look it up he was i don't know if he's a bus butcher they say he's a butcher when he's arrested. It seems he used to be a butcher, but he okay. couldn't really have been arsed keeping a, a job. Yeah. And yeah. just preferred being homeless and begging on the streets. It was just a... Just preferred... A waster, and he was just, you know... He preferred killing. just <laughs> drinking on the streets and sleeping with prostitutes and begging and just being general nuisance. Aye. He would would have served in World War One, but his uh, arrest sheet saved him from it. Wow, he could have killed a young private <laughs> out of his yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> history he was, took a different course. I oh, know that's really funny. Sorry, <laughs> well, he was German, so he'd have probably like joined up with him or something. Yeah, no. um, no, I mean, in World War One, though, he used when he was just a young soldier. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, uh, that's another thing, actually. Like, he's he seems pretty, he'd be pretty old at this point, too. I'm not sure how though, because like. If only the rest sheet kept him from World War One, he could have only been. Yeah, he'd have to been young enough if he was even being yeah, considered. Yeah. But if you look up pictures of him, he looks about eighty. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what living on the street will do to you, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, and so he, yeah, he was saved from World War One, and during World War One, and then like mainly after, like Germany was pretty screwed. Yeah, yeah. Like financially, and there was famine and joint depression and stuff, but he seemed to thrive during it and just made a lot of money through his business and found a way to bring his like sadistic pastimes together Lovely. he rented this dingy apartment in a rough part of berlin where he would bring prostitutes at all hours of the night neighbors would often see him coming home in the early hours in the morning with girls yeah down and out girls young girls as well and rarely see them leave oh, okay but later on those days you would see Carl Grossman at a nearby train station. With a trunk? No. <laughs> with a hot dog stand. Yeah. And that's where he made his money during World War One, and for a few years after he made loads of money selling meat on the black market. No way. Yep. <coughs> that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> In August 1921, the landlord of the apartment block where he was staying heard sounds of a violent struggle coming from the butcher's flat yeah and police were summoned and they found a freshly murdered woman in the kitchen and she was hung up like a hog essentially wow and like yeah he was ready for slaughter like what you see in Dexter with the ice truck killer and stuff that's crazy and yeah and so they found like loads of evidence in the flat that at least three women had died in the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah. They found diaries of his that kept accounts of everything. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they pretty much revealed that he he brought the women home. He got drunk with them, met yeah. prostitutes, brought them home, slept with them. Yeah. I don't know if he, he just brought them home as prostitutes and then like when yeah, they like, w- killed them. When they uh, wanted to be paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what the, like, it doesn't go into that. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> no, no. He was killing them either way. And his worst crime was he never paid his <laughs> prostitutes. <laughs> and yeah, so he, he was selling, he sold after he killed them, after he had sex with them, he killed them. After he killed them, he... Butchered them. Butchered them. After he butchered them, he sold their flesh as beef and pork. And wow. he disposed of what he called the useless remains in the nearby rivers. And so newspapers dubbed him, and I'm not sure why, but uh, the, or, sorry, they dubbed his victims the Bread and Butter Brides. Wow, that's a great name. But a bride in Germany at the time referred to a one woman. night... Referred to... A bride was a one night stand apparently oh, okay. and not just a, a newlywed yeah yeah um yeah so 
that's proper old horror movie style. Yeah. Um, when Do they know if he ate them himself or was he just selling them? I meat? think he just sold them. Yeah, from yeah. I, I looked at <laughs> he was like, like, I'm not a cannibal, but I'm gonna make money off. They referred to him in everything I looked up. They referred to him as a cannibal, but I know like there's no mention then of him actually eating the meat himself. They don't say he don't, but don't say he did either. They call him yeah, a cannibal, yeah. but it seems like he was selling them. Yeah, because yeah. he might have not like. It sounds like, yeah, he probably wouldn't and might have thought that was disgusting. Like, to eat them, but, like, that's why he was selling it to people, because that's yeah, part exactly. of the kick, like, that I'm getting other people to do it, and I'm making money off it, and... Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's also, like, I imagine it makes you very, very hard for the police to find who yeah, these people were when, yeah. When half of them have been missing, yeah. 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 It's a great way to dispose of a body, you know. But he was, he was arrested in trial, and he was sentenced to be hung. Yeah. He laughed when his sentence was... Handed down, he laughed at the judge. Start banging now. Um, but yeah, and he hung himself in his cell before the courts got, had a chance to. Wow. Mental. Yeah. There's actually one, like an interesting callback. We've talked about the Romanov family quite a bit, have come up. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about Anastasia Romanov when yeah, yeah, of course, the yeah. family was executed. And like she was executed with the family. And she was about 16 at the time, but... Does she not escape and then become Black Widow? <laughs> it was long thought. <laughs> she's Natasha Romanoff, sorry. <laughs> we, we talked about... Um, the <laughs> well, we talked about the fact that, yeah, like, there was l- rumours and legends that she escaped and a lot of people... Yeah, had, there was people claiming to be her. Yeah. And one of the, like, famous... I don't know if you'd call them imposters, because I don't know if this person claimed it or not, but imposter <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. One of the famous... Like legends of who was meant to be Anastasia was a Polish girl, Francisca Skamanowski. I don't know if she claimed to be Anastasia at any point, or people, or people thought, thought she was. was yeah. But um, yeah, it was thought that Anastasia went into hiding as this girl, and yeah. then this girl kind of dropped off the map. So no, everybody thought like she went on the run because people thought had copped that she was Anastasia. Yeah. Well, according to Grossman's journals, in 1920, he killed her. Wow. So she couldn't have been Anastasia. Mad. Yeah. He's like, like, no, no, I killed her. At least, <laughs> no, that's according to his diary, whether he actually, whether that's yeah. true or not. There you go. That's really interesting. <laughs> Do you want to finish off with uh, some some funnies? Always. This is weird. Uh, this is just the random jokes at the back of the Alexandra Hurled. You'll like these. It's from August 24th. And it's titled Good Judge. But I'm not sure why. <laughs> <clears throat> now, I don't know what accent this is meant to be in, but I'm going to read it exactly how it's written. Okay. Casey said, Pa, well, how do y'all tell the age of a fowl? Oh, you can always tell by the teeth, said Casey. By the teeth, exclaimed Pat, but a fowl has no teeth. No, admitted Casey, but I have. <laughs> so <laughs> Um, no, this is the one. Yeah, this is the one you like. This is terrible. Wife looking up from her newspaper. It tells here about a man giving his wife a thousand guinea necklace. Nothing like that has ever happened to me. Hubby looking up from his. I was just reading about a man giving his wife a pair of black eyes. Nothing <laughs> 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 like that has ever happened to you either. <laughs> that's hilarious that's awful but hilarious (laughs) the fact that you could there was a point where you can print that you could print that in the (sighs) newspaper like I'm gonna start my own newspaper and we're just gonna post that every week that's hilarious (laughs) that's awful but it's hilarious (laughs) at least he says you've never gotten that either yeah yeah but he's like but he's essentially saying the joke just ended with just without him saying that at the end it yeah would be, it would be far worse yeah 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 well at least in that he's saying like uh, yeah i don't treat you good but i don't treat you awful either like yeah, yeah. instead of kind of going like shut up or i'll give you two black <laughs> <Yeah>. eyes <laughs> oh um, god so i'm trying to figure out that last one <laughs> that's brilliant i love a, I love a good old timey right. laugh i'm gonna read this other one it's just written really weirdly but it's 
the special Mrs. Hicks, who has a husband in the specials, I just don't know what specials are, okay. relating burglar scare, and this is her quote, Yes, I heard a noise and I got up and saw a man's leg sticking out from under the bed. Mrs. Hicks. Or, yeah, Mrs. Hicks. Mercy, the burglars. Sorry, there's two Mrs. Hicks talking in this. So somebody asks, Mercy, the burglars? Mrs. Hicks replies, no, it was my husband's. He had heard the noise as well. (laughs) (laughs) It's written really weirdly, though. But it's obviously a misprint in the... Oh, wait, no, sorry. It's just the writings. Again, it's a scan, but there's a Mrs. Hicks and a Mrs. Wicks. And they're both talking. Um, I've got one more here. And I, like, see if you can, because I just don't know what this means. How do you like that cigar I gave you, old man? For 20 bands of that brand, they give you a gramophone. Reply, you don't say. If I smoked 20 of those cigars, I wouldn't want a gramophone. I'd want a harp. I guess like it's just I don't understand give you a gram of 20 bands of that uh, the bands are around they're like the seals around cigars I think so if you collect the seals like collecting collecting your your uh, cereal box tokens right right yeah I didn't I just didn't understand that that's what I, I thought wherever this paper I thought 20 Bands was just like a term for no, no, it's currency. Right. I think it's the so they yeah, the wraps around cigars. There was yeah. actually competitions. It must be yeah. Well, like in our day, it's, it's just tokens on cereal boxes. I know, but it's weird. Just yeah, I guess it's just weird the concept of collecting tokens from a cigar or a cigarette or something like that. It just shows yeah, the difference yeah. in the time. And obviously, he's saying if he smoked that much, it would he kill him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah I, I got that part. I just okay, didn't I know was, where I was, to. I was just checking. You got that part. The, um, you okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, that, that's what I think to say. Yeah, the ba- you collect the bands off the cigars. Yeah. Well, I my dad used to smoke cigars. So. <laughs> I think that's it for this week. Yeah. That was the news as it was in 1921. And we'll see you in the future. You mean the past? <laughs> <laughs>